0: Can you believe that song is nearly 30 years old? Does that make you feel old? Still haven't found what I'm looking for. You too. Bono has been singing that song. They've been singing it in concerts for 29 years. They've performed it nearly 400 times. Can you imagine that they still haven't found what they are looking for? That's a long time. That's a long time to be searching and a long time to be looking. But we're asking the question this morning. There's one question I want you to be thinking about this morning as we begin. What is it that you are looking for? What is it that you're looking for in life? What is it that you are looking for maybe even this morning as you came through these doors? Because the one thing I know is we're all looking for something. We're all spending our life trying to find something, trying to find some satisfaction. What is it that you are looking for? If we had a conversation and if I were to to kind of hear back and forth maybe some of the responses, I would guess that maybe I would hear some of these things from you and maybe you you can relate. I think some of us would simply say, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for relationship, for intimacy, for connection. I'm looking for being part of a community where where I just know that I can belong and be a part of that. I think some of us, based on how we spend our lives, based on how we spend our time, if we're honest with ourselves, we're looking for security and comfort. We're looking for financial security. Maybe we're just looking for some good advice on a mutual fund or a Roth IRA or some tax shelters. I don't know. What are you looking for? Are we looking for status? We're we looking for some kind of professional identity. Maybe people would recognize us or we would have recognition and affirmation. And if I could just find that, if I could have somebody that would, that would just give that to me, that would make me feel valued. We look in so many different places. Some of us are adrenaline junkies or, or just looking for that next experiencing, that, that, that next high that makes us feel like we're alive but we have to keep going back and looking for new things and somehow we can't find what we're looking for. And we think and we search and and I know deep down there's a meaning that we're looking for, a significance, something that gives us purpose. But the weird thing is sometimes we go looking and we know we're hungry but we just don't know where to find that. I don't know if you guys can relate to this but uh, sometimes at night I get a little snacky. Anyone get a little snacky at night? right it's usually like it's been dinner and I've had dinner and then the kids are down and now it's getting to be about 9 30 10 o'clock and I'm just hungry I just want to eat something but I don't know what I I got this craving and I can't really put put a finger on it and so I do what I think a lot of us do I I, I go in the kitchen Uh, I hope a lot of us do this I don't know I open the fridge and I stand there anyone (laughs) anywhere something something's got to be there and I don't find it there. Then I go to the pantry and I open the pantry and I'm looking at what's in there. And you know what always gets my attention? Barbecue chips. Barbecue chips, come on now, barbecue chips. I mean, they wouldn't be called barbecue chips. They should have a title on there say chips that eat like a meal. I mean, it's a barbecue in a bag. And so like you, you can eat that meal. And so I invariably go for the barbecue chips and I eat about a half a bag. And, uh, and then I start thinking, you know, my wife takes them away from me, says, you've had enough, I'm cutting you off. But then they've had that salty kind of barbecue taste, and I kind of feel like I need something a little more sweet, a little more, a little more savory. And so I go to the pantry and find a Cadbury egg, right? I mean, it's Easter, right? Cadbury egg, because now that feels good, you need a little bit of sugar. Um, but then after that, you feel a little bit like, that was a little bit heavy. I need something a little tangy, uh, something to kind of wash that down. So I'll grab some jelly beans, okay? And, and you know, I'm getting... I'm getting less hungry as I go along, but I'm not really being satisfied. But then, just to ease my guilty conscience, I feel like I have to finish on a healthy note, so I'll just grab like a half a glass of orange juice, and I'll swig it down, all right? Anyone? Anyone relate with me, please? Please, somebody? All right? You come to the end of this. You're trying to fill. You know you're hungry, but you just can't seem to get satisfied. And today, as we're asking this question, what are you looking for? How in life have you been trying to satisfy that hunger, but you keep coming up empty, or it keeps falling short, or you maybe have it for a while, but it seems to slip away? What is it that you're looking for? We're going to look at this Easter story, and we're going to look at one character in the Easter story who discovers something different than what she was looking for. And so let's pray together, and just, I just ask you to have to, uh, for God to open your hearts to hear what God has to say. Let's pray. Heavenly Father... We're here, we're looking for something. We came through these doors, God, looking for something. Father, would you meet us at that point of need? Would you fill us and would you open our hearts and our ears to what you have to say this morning? Amen. We're going to look at uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And in John, chapter 20, is where the resurrection story begins on that first Easter morning. And it actually begins like this. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and laying apart from the other wrappings. When the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, he saw and believed. For until then... They still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. So imagine this morning, different than maybe we come to church this morning, expecting and thinking and knowing that this is Easter morning and the tomb is empty. They came expecting to find something. They were looking for something, and they expected to find Jesus in the tomb. They were actually looking for a dead Jesus. They were looking for the body. And maybe more than just the body, they were looking probably to find some closure, maybe to reflect back on the story, reflect back on what they had experienced, and maybe just to be in the presence of of where Jesus lays. And when they got there that morning, to their surprise, the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. The very thing that they had been looking for wasn't there. And I think sometimes we go through life and we're looking and we're trying to find something and we even try to find it in dead places like a graveyard. And we keep coming back to those places looking for life, looking for hope, but it's not there. And we come and the tomb is empty. The thing that we've put our hope in isn't there. Mary is distraught. Mary Magdalene is distraught. The disciples are distraught and they leave. And where we pick up the story now leaves Mary at the tomb. It said, the disciples went home and there is Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' followers, hanging back at the tomb. And what she experienced, I wonder if that might not be some of what we are experiencing this morning, part of our story as we search for the thing that we are looking for. So I want to look at a couple of verses. We're going to go verse by verse here. John chapter 20, verse 14. Mary Magdalene, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Isn't that kind of hard to believe? There's Jesus. He's standing right there, and she doesn't recognize him. She's been weeping. She's crying. Jesus is right there, and she doesn't recognize him. She is completely unaware of his presence. So many times, we are unaware to the presence of Jesus all around us, and we might think, how is that even possible? How can she be unaware? Well, just this past week, that happened twice to me. People that I knew we were in different places and I didn't recognize them, even though I knew them. I went, went to a restaurant and one of the hostesses was there and I thought maybe she was familiar and my wife wasn't really sure. And, and then we sat down and we talked about, no, no, that's really hers. One of our students here from, from the church. And then when we recognized her, we said, yeah, and we said, hi, and we talked. But how could we not recognize her? Or even a good friend that we ran into at the zoo visiting from out of town and from, from California walked right past. We didn't even recognize him. But then when we saw, Our eyes were open. So she didn't even recognize Jesus, even though he was right there. Isn't it funny how we can be surrounded by God's presence and be completely unaware that he is here? I mean, some of us, we we don't even recognize that God is there. All we have to do is look out at the beautiful mountains, gaze out into the stars, maybe look into the eyes of a child or witness a birth, see the blessings that God has put all around us, and yet we can be completely unaware of his presence. Even this morning as we gather here, there's some that are coming here today so aware of God's presence and what he's doing, ready to celebrate Easter, ready to worship and praise him and feel that he is here, he is present. And others of us maybe again, completely unaware. I'm here because someone asked me to come. I'm here because it's tradition. I'm here because I want to make somebody happy. I don't know. I don't really feel anything. I don't see anything going on. And you don't experience the presence of God. We're unaware. And that's a state that all of us begin at. At some point, we just realize we're unaware of God's presence. And maybe it's because we think we have Jesus figured out. And we already know the story. We know what happens. And Jesus is a historical figure. He was a good teacher. And, and, and it's great. We celebrate him on Easter. We go to church. And, and somehow, we left last Easter and we put Jesus back in the tomb And we roll the stone in front again, and we say, okay, I'm going to come back a year later, and you come back this year, let's unroll the stone, let's just go through the drill. But there's not an awareness of a living, powerful, resurrected Christ. Just because you are unaware doesn't mean that Jesus isn't there. And so this is where Mary begins. She's she's there, she's there in his presence, but she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know that he is there with her. And then Jesus asks her these questions. He says to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary is broken. And she comes to him broken and and not just distraught because because he isn't in the tomb. Now, again, she doesn't recognize yet that, that this is Jesus, but he's recognizing the brokenness in her. Why are you crying? There's brokenness in all of us. If I know one thing that's part of the human condition is that we all experience brokenness. Maybe not in every part of our life. Maybe today there's this one part of your life where there is brokenness. And, and Mary, at this point, was just distraught. Scripture doesn't tell us much about Mary. And there's people that, 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 as, that um, ascribe certain things to her. But one thing we do know is that Jesus healed her from demon possession. And so you can imagine a woman at that time, she had several demons that Jesus cast out of her and and freed her from. And so being a woman like that, she was probably cast out in that society, pushed to the fringe, nobody giving attention to. But when Jesus healed her, she was restored. And so in that moment, maybe she's remembering, she's thinking back through that this was Jesus whom she followed, who invited her into community, who gave her significance, who gave her hope. And then she was thinking, man, just a week ago, Palm Sunday, as we call it now. She's thinking, a week ago, how could we go from that day to here? A week ago, we came into Jerusalem. Jesus was being hailed as the king, as the savior, as the Messiah. We thought everything was going to come together. Everything that we were looking for, we were going to have it in Jesus. And then she watched as his closest friend, one of his disciples, betrayed him with a kiss into the arms of those bearing clubs and swords. She watched as there was this farce trial in the high priest's home trying to find something to accuse him. And when they couldn't find something, they they turned him over to Pilate saying, you've got to execute him. And Pilate had him whipped and beaten. And she's watching this. She watched as he took the cross and dragged it up to the place called the skull on Golgotha. And there they put him on the cross and drove nails into his hands. And she just thought, how can everything be falling apart? I thought I had it figured out. I thought I knew where things were going. How can this be? She watched as they took Jesus' limp body off the cross. And as they put it in the tomb, and they rolled the stone in front. Why was Mary crying? Because everything she'd hoped for was gone. And now to add insult to injury, they've stolen the body. We all are broken. And the reality is it's in that brokenness that Jesus comes. Those things that we put our hope in, those things that we put our trust in, Come on, we all realize there isn't ultimate trust and hope and peace in those things. We've seen marriages fail. And where we put our hope in there, there may be divorce. Maybe you're dealing with the brokenness of, of miscarriage. Maybe you're dealing with the brokenness of a wayward child. Maybe you've climbed the ladder of success and you reach the top and you realize the ladder was against the wrong wall. And you look and your family is, is destroyed. There's no relationship there. And there's brokenness. There's brokenness. The death of a loved one far too soon. There's brokenness. And you go, God, how can it be? But in those moments, we open up and we say, God, there's got to be more. And in that moment, the story continues. And as she's crying and as she's weeping and Jesus asking her these questions, in verse 16 it says, Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. I think it's funny they put that in parentheses, which is Hebrew for teacher, because they didn't want us to mistake that for a new dish at Olive Garden, all you can eat next month. Um, have you tried the Raboni? It's very delicious. Um, unlimited bowls. Think about that moment, what that must have been like for Mary. She hears her name, and something happens in that moment. It's like the the, eyes are lifted from, the scales are lifted from her eyes, and her ears are open, and all of a sudden she recognizes this is Jesus, but she's got to be freaking out. I mean, if you saw somebody go through what they went through and died before your eyes and then was put in a tomb, was there for a couple of days, and you come back, and all of a sudden that person is standing there talking to you. It's Jesus. Her world has to be spinning. Her heart must be pounding. There's got to be a lump in her throat. She's got to be tingling on her body going, this is unbelievable. This 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 blows my mind. Jesus, you are alive. You are real. This changes everything. You see what she experienced in that moment? She went from being unaware and being broken to all of a sudden having her eyes open to an awakening. And when there's an awakening, there's something powerful and there's something beautiful. And one of the privileges of what I get to do as a pastor and why I love being a pastor is those moments when we see awakening in people's lives. When we get to be a part of that story where somebody says, I was unaware and broken, but then my eyes were opened. I heard Jesus call my name. I heard that he was talking to me. And we get to be a part of that, and we see what God is doing, and all of a sudden the spirit is awakened inside, and new life emerges, and from the emptiness of that tomb, new life comes forth. And we celebrate that as a church. That's what we celebrate together, that there is awakening and there is new life. Have you heard Jesus call you by name? It's powerful. It's powerful. And what often happens is maybe you come into this place and you start feeling almost uncontrollable emotion at times. You just go, I don't know why I get weepy or why I feel weak when I come into church or I hear God's presence. That's God stirring in you. Or maybe it's, again, something in the pit of your stomach. Maybe you feel this lump in your throat, and it's not because you're getting sick. It's because you're just realizing the presence of God. Maybe you're like, I'm not emotional like that. You know what? Maybe for you, the light goes on. There's a connection, something in your mind and your thoughts where you go, I haven't seen it this way before. But God begins to move and stir. And when there is awakening, I challenge you to lean into that, to open up to that, and to recognize that that is Jesus. And he's calling you, and he wants to see you awakened to the new reality and to awaken your soul. Then Jesus continues and 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 you can see in that moment mary probably saying it's jesus and probably does what we all want to do gives him a big hug and then these odd words of jesus and in chapter 17 he says don't cling to me don't cling to me for i haven't yet ascended to the father now why would jesus say that she just wants to hug jesus come on cut her a little slap but what jesus is saying look i haven't yet ascended to my father this jesus is different This is the resurrected Jesus. This isn't the Jesus that Mary saw being placed in the tomb. This Jesus is no longer confined to one body, to one space, to one time, to one moment in history. This is the Jesus that that overcame death and rose again. And he's trying to tell her, Mary, things are different. Things are changing. And when we encounter the risen Christ, we begin to change. He leads us on this path of transformation and renewal. And that's what we do, and that's what we celebrate as a church, to come together and to say, how do we interact? How do we respond to a risen God, a living God in our lives, no longer just a historical figure or just a dead leader? We have a living God, and that changes everything. And then Jesus sends her on. He says in in the second half of that verse, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. Jesus sends her on a mission. He gives her a purpose. And that purpose, once we've discovered Christ, once we've discovered a living Christ, is that he sends us to tell and declare that to others, that we would be able to say, as Mary did before the disciples, I have seen the Lord. He is real. He's real in my life. He's transforming And and, and the world will never be the same. And on that first Easter, it changed everything. And today, the church across the street and down Shea and all over Arizona and around this great state and country, 24 hours a day, churches are declaring that Jesus is alive and that he is changing lives and that he is renewing people. So what is it? What are you looking for? Are you finding it? Maybe today you think through the story and go, am I unaware? Am I just unaware of his presence? And would you maybe today just acknowledge that and say, right now, I'm still unaware. I'm still searching. I don't know. And all I ask of you is say, keep looking. Keep coming into the presence of those that are worshiping God as we look at scriptures, maybe even our next series as we look at questions that you may have. Because just because you're unaware doesn't mean God isn't there. And maybe in your brokenness today, you go, I don't know if God is here. I'm so broken. That's the moment where Jesus is asking you, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? I'm right here. And he meets us at that point of brokenness. And maybe today is a day of awakening for you. Maybe Easter 2016 is the day where your spirit opens up and you recognize and you lean into that feeling that you've been having, that sense in your spirit that's, that's deep in your soul. And you... Profess like Mary, I have seen the Lord. Jesus is alive, and that changes everything. There's some women in our church that are sharing this morning. There was women. There were women that first ran to the tomb. And these women from our church were looking for something. But in the end, they found so much more. Take a look at this video. In searching for for love, ultimately from another person, it left me feeling disappointed and let down and brokenhearted. I tried to find belonging, drinking, codependency, people-pleasing, beating myself up, always trying to fit in. With what I thought I should be and comparing myself with other people because I felt like they belonged and I didn't so if I was like them So, I struggled with smoking and marijuana since I was 16 years old, and I thought it relaxed me. I had no stress. I needed to deal with reality, and I still felt that I wasn't getting what I needed. It was just a temporary fix. My whole life, I've been looking for answers, and I could never find anything. You know, if I ever had a difficult task or something I was going through, I could never find the answer to it. I was always let down and always felt empty and alone. And then I came here. I'm a fighter. I'm a survivor. And I've always found ways to save myself and move on and go forward. But I was always feeling like there was something missing and I wasn't completely happy. I felt alone in my answers and my solutions. looking for just love in one person and and getting that validation from one person or being completed by one other person where now i'm i'm fulfilled by a community and we're all working together loving each other and spreading the word and and spreading the message every day is a struggle still but every day I know I have Jesus, and every day I'm reminded. I remind myself and I pray, and He reminds me that I'm His. I always felt like I had something missing, there was a void that I couldn't fill, and He's completely filled it and brought me so much joy and happiness. I had desires to, to want to know who He was more. I just, my only real desire is to be closer to Him in whatever way I can. To please him and, and, and what he's done for me, and how he's really just taken those blinders off me and made me see so clearly about what he really wants for, for my life and for me. He's with me, inside of me, and protecting me and my children and my family, and He is always there. Maybe I don't understand some of the answers sometimes or why things happen, but I know that Jesus is there for me, saving me. What are you looking for? Where are you going to find it? Jesus changed that question. He's not asking us, what are we looking for? He changed that question for Mary. Do you notice what he asked? He said, who are you looking for? We are never going to find the things that we are looking for, the longing, the hope, and the peace in the what's of this world. If we keep looking for the what, we're not going to find it. It is only found in one, in the whom, and that is, is Jesus. This morning, I just want you to bow your heads in prayer and maybe just reflect. Where do you need Jesus this morning? Maybe you're unaware and are just praying and saying, God, reveal yourself to me this morning. I want to know you. If you are real, if this is all true, then show yourself. If it's your brokenness, then let God speak into that. Let Jesus come near to you and use that brokenness as a place where he can mend, where he can heal. And where you can experience his touch on your life this morning. And maybe today, Easter 2016, is your day of awakening. A day where you not only just realize that Jesus is alive, but that you are alive. And you would put your hope and you would put your trust in the only one who has conquered death and can bring us fullness of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are still changing lives. That you are moving among us and that your spirit is alive and well. Father, those this morning who are, are just acknowledging, God, their search for you, their search for something, they're here. God, would you reveal yourself to them? Would you help them on this journey that they would come and come to know you and discover you and find that hope and that peace? God, heal the brokenness that's present here this morning. God, come alongside and and put your arm around us and bring the healing. And Father, for those today that maybe for the first time can declare and say, as Mary did, I've seen the Lord, I've seen Jesus. He is alive, he is real, and he's bringing me to new life. God, bringing change, bringing purpose. We celebrate, God, that you are wiping the slate clean and that the empty tomb, God, reveals us, to us that you are alive. We thank you. And we worship you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand, let's sing, and let's declare this truth together.